Georgia Virtue presents the Let Me Tell You Why You're Wrong podcast. Welcome to episode 231. This week we have TikTok No, Gold Level Lobbyists, Ray DeLargo, and Jessica goes looking for loopholes. I'm Dave Roberts. With me is my partner in this endeavor, writer, journalist, dog mom, and owner of the GeorgiaVirtue.com, Jessica Salagi. Hi, Dave. How are you? Super. How are you? Oh, not too bad. Uh, Connie came home and asked me what I did to my face yesterday. That's romantic. Yeah, no, I know. I, uh, I really need to shave, uh, or I needed to shave, and the goatee was getting a little too long, and I, I grabbed kind of the, the uh, guard that was too short for the goatee and took it down with a one. The, uh, so, and she likes, you know, she likes the goatee, and she's like, what the, she goes, what the hell did you do to your face? Oh, well, thanks, honey. I know you, you yes, like it a lot more when it's you. hidden. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Poor Connie. <laughs> Poor Connie. <laughs> I know. I know. But I'll go, I'll go and uh, I've said before, if you have a gentleman in your life, uh, get him a shave and a haircut at a true barbershop. It is it is uh, uh, the closest thing we have to going for a day of beauty. Well, and nothing makes you a better person than feeling pretty, Dave. Exactly. And look, I'm not above going to get a manicure. Mm-hmm. Especially the way I abuse my hands uh, with with banging them on tools inside of equipment, stuff like that. I actually got my eyebrows waxed. What? Yeah. Yeah, I had time to kill because waiting for Was time. Was that for time your cross-dressing get- show? Yes, yes. No, I didn't, I didn't get them, what do they call it, uh, uh, threaded. <laughs> but as middle age has, has gotten here, my eyebrows continue to grow. And I don't know why. I'm not, I don't look like Eugene Levi or anything, but, but the, those uh, uh, bushes that are growing above my eyes, they need, need to get hacked back a little bit. But I was like, huh, that's a new experience. No wonder y'all uh, uh, don't like to get everything else waxed. Good Lord. All right. <laughs> well, if I, I'm sure there are other areas of the body that sting worse than my eyelids. Speaking of <laughs> TikTok. Yeah, House administrators warn lawmakers against TikTok use. TikTok is a video service for those who are my age and older. That I guess you do little videos. It's super easy to edit, but it was conceived by the Chicoms. It was conceived by? Yes. And the original company was that, that owned it was, was a Chinese company. Of course, we know that every, every Chinese company somewhere along the line is, is held by the, the Chinese Communist Party. Mm-hmm. And they are an intel. They constantly uh, gather intelligence. So... Uh, even serve at one point, service members were were warned were banned from having it on their phones until it got sold, and uh, that leads us to where we are now with the uh, I guess lawmakers deciding to be cool. Yeah, well, you know, Trump was a vocal opponent. He would have banned TikTok, I think, at one point, didn't he? Probably. I mean, he yeah. says stuff like that. Um, but I res- I resisted personally. I resisted TikTok for a long time because I was like. 
enough social media platforms exist. I don't need anything else. Um, leave me alone. I'm not joining. And then, then one day, I don't remember what it was. It was probably some like dog video, to be honest. Um, and I started scrolling and then I was like, oh my God, where does the time go? Cause it's one of those, like, it's like Facebook reels, obviously, cause Facebook copied them to try to be competitive where they just like keep coming, right? Like you go from one to the next and it's just two hours later, you're like, oh, okay. But, um, I think it started off as like those viral dance things that we would see, um, or people doing pranks and, and viral like nominations like I did this now you have to do it type thing and copycat stuff and then people started putting dogs and kids and it became white more widely used um now everyone's on it it seems like and lawmakers use it I mean I've put some stuff about corruption and what and government accountability and stuff on there people talk about like whistleblower stuff, 911 calls. It's really interesting. Like, it is a place you can get news. You just have to trust that. You have to be a critical thinker, which is why we're in trouble as a country. But I digress. Anyway, this last week, um, the chief administration officer is warning lawmakers, don't use this during, like, as campaign season gets going, don't try to be more relatable and on the lighter side. Um to try to reach new people because TikTok is not transparent about what it does with customer data and um, they require like more permissions than other apps and there's security risks involved. Um, just not really. Sh- and they also said like, we don't even recommend you downloading or using the application, which I'm like, first, oh, like, if you if you if you're talking about Congress members and the argument, I, I guess maybe it's that like if you have access to it on your phone and you have other stuff that's not shouldn't be shared or could possibly be compromised or something. But I mean, you shouldn't be using those things on the same phone anyway. If you really want to be honest about it, so I just don't really understand why this is um, the problem well, of the CAO office. The the app apparently, and I don't, I don't, I don't have the app. <clears throat> I'll get. I'm gonna, I'm gonna text a group with with what I call my idiot friends, and there's there's a bunch of us in the group, and this is all stuff that we send to each other that we don't really want on Facebook, or our names tied to it on Facebook, jokes. Uh, but a lot of them come through as TikToks. But it, every time it asks me, do I want to download the app? No. Uh, apparently, the app pings your location every hour or something. Uh, constantly is asking permission for all your contacts. Yeah. Uh, constantly asking for permission to all all your photos and videos. Yeah. Uh, and the problem comes in with honeypots and uh, blackmail, which is uh, a big problem when it starts cu- coming down to uh, OPSEC, operational security. Is if if they find a, a, a text chain that 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 uh, a representative is having, then you know now they have something. Now they have an in to to to, to work this congressperson. Oh, because they didn't before. Yeah, it sure does make it easier when you do the hacking forum. Okay, but at the same time, you shouldn't be using campaign stuff on your 
congressperson's phone. There should be a divide. You should have two phones, two systems. Like you shouldn't be, you shouldn't have TikTok apps on your official business phone. Well, and, and I tell you, I, uh, we had a, a post commissioner out here, a friend of mine, and he had two phones. I was making, we were at lunch or something. I was making fun of him. I said, never trust a man with two phones. He goes, no, I'm a financial advisor in my real life. And the county phone is open, is open for record requests. And because I'm a fiduciary, I can't have my client information and and my uh, government phone that's open for you know uh, available for open records requests. I can't have those two interact, so I have to carry two phones. Oh, well, that that makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know, most guys I know that have two phones outside of reasons like that are, are you know ones for, ones for the main chick, ones for the side chick. Oh, Dave, <laughs> what do you want from me? I'll tell you the truth, but yeah, look, TikTok is taking is taking the brunt of it. I think because it's easy easier to pick on it because it's a Chinese company. Um, all these apps do this. Look, LinkedIn. It's the reason I'm not on LinkedIn. It's to me, it's not a it's not a bad service to uh, to connect with other professionals and even other professionals that you've worked with in the past that that maybe you know you haven't seen in a while or whatever. Oh yeah, we we both worked at at, at Wachovia Bank together. Cool, and and you start networking that way. I think it's great, but but it's constantly asking you for all your contacts, and I don't want to put all my contacts out there. I, I don't even want to talk to most of my contacts. I sometimes I, I keep some people in my phone just so I know not to answer. Well, here's the thing, though, like people have been hacking email. And I mean, we talked about that. What was it? The most hated man on the Internet, like hacking people's stuff through their emails and through other things um, without these apps. Like if, if, if somebody if a nefarious party wants to do it, they're going to do it. Um they, somebody can get all this information. It's why, I mean, we've talked about um, the apps for in the, quote, post-Roe overturning America and tracking women's cycles on these apps. I mean, people have become so comfortable with technology that, like, if you're not doing it here, you're sharing the information somewhere. Right. I mean, they're like, it's... They're talking about, oh, well, TikTok can get your device phone number. It can get Wi-Fi network names. I mean, okay, well, someone could hack my internet service provider as well and get all of that and my bank account. I mean, like, if you don't want to do it, don't do it. I'm not saying that. But, like, to make this, like, a memo to send out to members of Congress and say, protect yourselves, I just, I think it's a little excessive. I mean, it's a good idea to... Uh, especially when session starts, is to you need to remember to protect yourself uh, on these apps. The any phone you use for gov- government, sir, you know, it's okay for them to put restrictions on on the government phone, on on the official phone. Say, look, these are the we apps don't that we authorize. Official phones. Well, I don't know. It's just I. I, I I don't know. I mean, obviously, a lot of the the rules, regulations that that govern this stuff were written when we we're still using. Uh, uh, Morse code. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, hell, you go to the Capitol, and there's still private phone booths for for the representatives, as if uh, any rep now has to go running off the floor into one of the wings and and pick up a landline. Well, this Congressman Jamal Bowman, he's from New York, and 
he put out this statement saying TikTok has been a way to reach young and otherwise disengaged people. But now we have more details about the security risks of having it on government devices. And we will pause on usage until we feel safe and get further clarity. I mean, anything like these are the same people who's who, depending on who's in power and who's arguing at the time, tell us like, well, any voting machine that connects to the Internet can be compromised and any device that has Wi-Fi can be compromised. I mean. I don't know. Right. Look, it, it, yes. Anything that gets on the gets on the interwebs can be can be compromised. Uh, I don't care if you have a, a VPN or, or, or anything else. Anything. It, any of us can be hacked if we if we become a tar- if we become a target of somebody who knows how to do it, and obviously if you're on the the you know defense uh, defense committee and and uh, armed services committee and stuff like that, or foreign intelligence committee, other other nations are trying to get into your, to your electronics, and it's it's more than just going after the Congress people or the senators, it's go it's it's going after the staffer. Is getting into that phone and see, see what's going on because that, that's those those are your weak points, but I don't know. It, it, it is just politicians trying to to look hip, and there's not not many things sadder than watching somebody who's well past uh, well past uh, uh, middle age attempting to do a TikTok, like Nancy Pelosi in her plastic face opening up her freezer full of uh, of ice cream. Or Liz Warren with the, I think I'm going to have me a beer. Yeah, that was pretty awful. God. Yeah. Your husband's walking through the kitchen. Hey, honey, do you want a beer? Uh, no, thank you. Maybe later. Like, like leave me out of your crap. <laughs> <laughs> so the newest fad in fundraising. What could possibly Gold go level wrong? clubs. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I feel like this has been an off the record Thing for a long time and this is just more on the record out front mm-hmm. yeah don't you oh yeah oh yeah money has always gotten you access money and power and power can come in and uh, uh could be your megaphone that you have for as a, as a journalist it could be the influence you have over over other donors it could be anything but yeah this this kind of makes it I don't say official, but uh, goes ahead and hangs hangs the sign on the uh, on the front door, saying, "Look, if you spend this much uh, on contributions, you'll be invited to all these uh, small meet and greets with with the, this person or that person." Perfect, freaking perfect. So. It's like elite clubs too, which I mean, nothing says we love the public, we love the individual, we respect citizens more than high level i mean this is like the number one th- complaint we hear about fundraisers during campaign season is well i don't have twenty five hundred dollars to pay for a plate of dinner and to get a picture with my favorite candidate or something you know like people are always complaining that's those are for certain people that like regular people can't afford that so the optics are not good and here they are like oh we're gonna make a gold level platinum level come join well, that's been going on for years, <clears throat> but not for lobbyists. Not not directly for lobbyists, but for donors. Uh, if you bought a plate, say to uh, uh, pr- the president's going to speak, and, and it's a fundraiser, 
the more you spend, the closer you get to the stage. The more you spend, the more time you get. You may get on the aisle and get a handshake. Or you spend enough, you may get... But, but what I'm saying is the optics of that are not good to the general public. They're, they don't want, to, they don't think they should have to pay $1,200, $2,500, It's It's, it's off-putting. It is off-putting, but it's, it, but it's the way the world works. It, it, I'm a member of the Atlanta Gator Club. Uh, if, if I want to get into the room to go listen to the head football coach talk, it costs this much. If I want to get up close, it's going to cost this much. If I want to want to uh, have a private meet and greet afterwards, it's this much. Same yeah, but thing the you... head coach doesn't want to make decisions about how I live my life. No. Well, some do. Uh, no, you're right. It's but I'm saying it's that that, that that's that's the way it works. And hey, look this this uh, this whole article says what you and I've said for years. That, you know, politicking is not going in there and hammering politicians over the head with your issues. It's going in and talking about their kids or talking about, you know, the Braves, talking about whatever, uh, t- you know, upcoming hunting season. Have you been fishing lately? And and small talk. And that's that's politi- that's, you know, folks who get into these circles and come in with an agenda and start swinging are, are, are pretty much pretty well ostracized. Especially in the South, that's that's the way we do things. It's, it's much softer. Um, it's more of a, a friends thing, but the fact that it's, it's gotten into the professional uh, professional lobbyists, and apparently lobbyists are paid based on their level of access. Talking. Well, I mean, obviously, if 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 uh, uh, if you're Procter Gamble and you're going to hire some lobbyists, you're obviously going to find the ones with the most access and the most influence over the FDA. Sure. Like, that's why we see our elected officials go work for lobbying firms, because they instantly have access. Right. Yeah, because those are his, those are his buddies that, that are in there. It's like all they do is move on from one side of the velvet rope to the other. Mm hmm. And absolutely, that that's that that's that is a a trajectory. When after you get out get out of Congress, so I'm gonna I'm gonna work for this group or that group and help spread their word as I I did as a member of Congress. Blech. But I, I I agree with you. It's it is somewhat distasteful, but it's nothing illegal. No, it's not illegal. It's just, I mean, like I said, this has probably been going on for a long time, but like to advertise and say, hey, if you want to talk to me as a lobbyist, I mean, you can get a discount if you go to multiple ones. It's just ugly. Yeah, come to our brunch club. The brunch bunch. Brunch bunch. Sorry, our brunch bunch. You can attend a series of seven brunches for $5,000. And that, that better be some really good eggs Benedict. And, and then, most of these, these breakfasts and, and things that are put on, it's not fantastic food. And usually the food's donated. At least it's not barbecue. God, that's all we ever eat down here. Because um, it's cheap. And easy to, to dispense. Well, and there's one in every town. Right. I mean, it's the go-to spot. But, you know, there's the group, the Revolving Door Project, they are saying that it's it could be 
skating the line of pay to play because well they they called it a facilitation of even more efficient corruption um the because they said the pretenses to a separation of campaign fundraising from issues of policy is breaking down which i mean that's an interesting point to say like if you're a lobbyist and you want to come talk to me about policy you can pay this much money to my campaign account i mean but if they're not well, doing it to the campaign account they're just going to do it to them personally i mean that that literally happens so or they're going to pay for a vacation or yeah a little fact finding tour to uh to the keys yeah you know, let, let me show you what we're fish, uh, what we're fighting here with uh, fish and wildlife. So we're going to fly you down to Key Largo, and then we're going to go fishing for a couple of days, so you can see just just how good the fishing is down here, and how why we need to protect it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, if that's the case, I guess I'm running for Congress. Ugh. I, don't, I like to line nobody's pockets more than my own. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That should be printed on like every campaign flyer. Lord help us. <laughs> well, I mean, it goes back to the old joke of if uh, if members of Congress had to wear patches for everybody who sponsored them, like they do in NASCAR. Right. And it is a, a insatiable need that that these folks have for raising money. Constant around it- the clock, all the time. Even when they know they're not going to run for re-election, they're still raising money because that money buys them access. Because now well, they have money in a campaign account that they can give to other candidates. Exactly. They're going to give it out. I mean, gosh, even when it's not an election year, some of our state lawmakers hand out fifty grand, which at the state level, being able to hand that out and still have three or $400,000 in your bank account, that's, that's, that's a lot. Yeah, but it's it's a way of retaining your power and gaining your access. And with that money in the campaign account that you can dole out to other candidates, that gets you that gets you that sweet lobbying gig when you stop being a representative. And look, there are plenty who get out and walk away. Who don't get involved with with lobbying for anything. They get out and walk away. Yeah, because they found the whole thing and completely disgusting and miserable. And they're like, please, Lord kill me or let me lose or let me out. Yeah. Uh, let they me listen do to my, the show. <laughs> let me do my, my 80 legislative days and get the hell out of here. Mm-hmm. Get a run for re-election? Hell no. I, I tell candidates all the time when, uh, when it's, they first start coming out and say, okay, I think I'm going to run for this, for this office. I tell them, you know, the job sucks, right? Right. You're not going to, if you like it, there's something wrong with you. Yeah. Yeah, if, if if this is the the culmination of all your life experiences is to, is to get elected, something something's wrong. Yeah, this is this is not a kid who who learned to hit a baseball in the backyard with dad when he was two, and and walks onto a major league uh, field. This is somebody who who's who's had a thirst for power. And look, I, and I'm always a little suspicious of the kids that push too hard, too fast to get into politics. Like we had one out here that was too young to run. Like, what's what's your hurry? Why don't you learn something a little about life before before you try to get in and and dictate how the people are living theirs? Okay, Grandpa. Hey. Well, I mean, I don't know. I guess I just am tired of the same old 
old, old men making decisions. It's not really going that well. There is something in between in between 18 and 80. There is. Absolutely. But- There's a reason that even even in the Constitution, when our, our founding fathers sat down like, all right, we got to put some age limits on this crap. OK, but you're the one who says that, you know, if you're old enough to serve your country with a gun, you should be old enough to do X, Y and Z. I, I agree. I just wouldn't vote for that person. OK, well, OK, that's fair. But at the same time, so like think, for instance, down here in, in rural Georgia, where, you know, most most kids graduate high school and either leave via college or the military or they go to college around here and as fast as they can, they leave. And there have been a few times where, um, you know, once they're of the age that is dictated by whatever place they want to serve, they, they run for office and they're like, run, well, they're running on the premise of, I want to make my community better. I want people from the standpoint of, I want to bring some things or try to attract some things or institute some things that make this area desirable for younger people. Well, yeah, and, it's, an old, it's, it's an old story. It's a, even in a song, was it, is it called, a small town Saturday night where it says, you know, the world is flat because when people leave, they never come back. Right. Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a, uh, the, the idea, I guess, being, and, and, and all of our minds is you go, you graduate high school, go off to college, go off to the, to, to the military, and then you grab all that world experience and you come home and make a life back where your hometown is. But my point is that obviously people who have lived here their entire lives um, don't know how to recruit people back here because, you know, after 30, 40, 50 years, no one's coming back still, you know, like the, the trend of that has, has done. So like, sometimes you need new young people to just you know, offer a perspective and they and might not have stories, left. The- they're doing stories last week about the average age of a farmer uh, today is like 62. Yeah. We're screwed. Because young people just aren't going into that. Just Why not, would they? I don't know. It's miserable. It's the it, only it a, industry in America that the government determines your input and your output. They right. determine your price on everything you buy to make your product or and everything you and every dollar and penny you get for it. Yeah, and how much you can charge for it. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sorry, just I wasn't trying to step on you earlier. No, it's fine. I just like, you know, I it's it's one of those things like if you keep doing the same thing over and over, you're just going to get the same results. And no, I don't I don't want to have a city council. That's a bunch of 24 year olds who, you know, want to have happy hour before they have their city council meeting or something, although it might make it more enjoyable. It might be more fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it would I just think that like. Just being young is not not a reason to say, like, you don't have enough experience to serve your community because I think a lot of communities would really benefit from just having a voice like that that they have to listen to because it's someone on the council. That's all. Right. Well, well yeah. Well, hey, but here's the thing that what I'm seeing with some of these super aggressive uh, young people 
is they're getting involved in whatever whatever political clubs in high school. They're going to going to college, getting involved, getting a political science degree, then coming out and and look. If, that's great if that's what you want to do, but you know they're they're coming out with, with political science degrees without without any world experience, and they want to you know immediately start running for office and and passing laws. And you know, as a voter, I, I'd like to see a little more world experience. I get that. I mean, I get that. I'm not, I'm not, again, I'm not I, Joe. Joe Biden's got a ton of world experience. He can't remember most of it, but uh, he's got a ton of world experience. So yes, there's uh, you and I often talk about uh, uh, finding something in the middle where. You know, I, I don't necessarily want an 18 year old running for president. But I also think that, you know, an 82 year old with dementia probably shouldn't be in the White House. Well, if it helps, he probably doesn't know he's there. So I saw him almost get whooped by his jacket the other day. It's it's getting bad. They need to just start oh, turning the cameras off. It, it is. And look, I don't want to go back to media blackout days. But, you know, most people didn't know that that FDR was was paralyzed. Most people uh, didn't know that JFK was uh, constantly getting back injections and and could hardly walk after after he uh, after his war injuries with PT-109 because the press didn't show that. But now, of course, everybody's got a cell phone camera. Now you've got a moment where the the helicopter blades are still putting off uh, air or or the uh, the wind catches your jacket. And we've all been, you know, kind of tied, uh, tied with a jacket and and windy and trying to get trying to get your sports coat on or something like that. But the fact that it's Joe Biden and Jill, you see Jill just roll her eyes like I got to dress him again. I'm waiting to see a state dinner where she grabs a napkin and and, and puts mom spit on it and starts getting stuff off his face. <laughs> the only reason, I mean, like they, I don't, I don't agree with what they did with Trump and, you know, yeah, we like, there's always been gaffes where, you know, someone stumbles or trips or that just happens because people are human, but you know, they just went after Trump for every little thing. And I, I do think it, at some point it's cruel with what's happening with Biden, but at least they are giving him the same treatment in that regard that they gave Trump because, I mean, they talked about Melania's umbrellas and what was on the back of her jackets. And you know. Yeah, and it, but realize this, we used to have a sense of humor. Uh, and I think it was, I think it was both under JFK. I think it was Jackie who is in Mighty Cow in, uh, uh, in Puerto Rico. And I believe the, the line is, I'm so happy to be amongst all these Mighty Cons. Which is a derogatory term for gay people in Spanish, mm-hmm. and everybody laughed and forgave her. It's just like JFK standing, uh, standing in in Germany in Berlin, and saying today and every day, "Ich bin ein Berliner," which means I am a jelly donut. Can you imagine if Jackie Kennedy said that today? Ooh, huh? Yeah. A simple mispronunciation. I think I think Nixon did it with with the peace symbol. I think it was in Brazil or something. Which wherever he was, it, it was the equivalent of flipping him off. <laughs> it, yeah, everybody does it with 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 cultural stuff. But <laughs> but yeah, we we are quick to pounce. And and it's at a certain point you do feel like you're punching down. This is the this is the the most powerful man in our country, and we're and we feel like we're punching down. We're making fun of him. Well. But are you making fun of someone if you just show what happened? 
No, no, it's the rest of the talking heads and, and, and me included that see that and you know want to make a meme out of it or or, or whatever else. Because <laughs> uh, because you know I'm 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 because <laughs> I'm cruel. Yeah. But but at a certain point you do you do kind of feel like man. I, just please let this man put on his slippers and and go and retire somewhere. But then we're left left with Mella. I can't. And nobody I can't. wants that. I can't. No, I won't survive <laughs> that. Boy, we got off. We got off of the of gold level donors. This is a good time to remind you that these are our opinions and not those of anyone, not on the show or any respective company for which we may work, own, or otherwise associate ourselves with on a regular or irregular basis. Also, you can find other episodes and relevant stories over the georgiavirtue.com. The news of the week last week, and continues to be the news, uh, Ray DeLargo. Speaking of Trump. This uh, was just Monday last week? Yep. Yep, Monday. They, well, they, I, I didn't hear about it until Monday evening. I don't I don't know when you. It heard may about it, it may have been overnight Sunday because I think it was I think it was dark when it happened. It may have been Monday evening when it happened. I, I it, it doesn't matter. It was after we recorded last week, and we always hate when big news happens after we record. Well, they're so inconsiderate of our schedule. I know, I know. Uh, so the FBI goes and gets gets a warrant to search uh, Trump's Mar-a-Lago residence, and. It happens to to fall on a time when Trump was not home, so neither was his Secret Service det- uh, detachment that that accompanies even former presidents. Well, they said there were a couple like there on the premises, but the but yes, correct. Like by and large, the team, the squad, not there. Yeah, it. It was a, a a big enough deal with with as many police cars and uh, that were in support, not in support of the raid itself, but in in support backing up the the FBI agents that go, that go in. Uh, they go in. They're looking allegedly. We haven't seen as of recording. Surprise! It's not. It's not. We're not live <laughs> because we don't know what's in the warrant. What they were looking for. Allegedly, they were looking for documents that should have been turned over to the National Archives. That were supposedly highly classified. Supposedly. Uh, yeah, and this included uh, one of the things they mentioned is a napkin that something was written on. A personal note from uh, Kim Jong-un. That's, that's the one we're in right now, right? Yeah. The short, fat one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and things like that. Things that... that end up in presidential libraries, but I guess there's, you're supposed to release them to the National Archives, and I guess from the National Archives, they can declassify and, and give copies so that the you know you can put all the stuff in your presidential library. It's just, an, just an, before we go any further, it's really an odd concept, right? That like anything, I mean, yes, I agree with records and stuff being open to the government or to the public because they're government records. But, you know, we don't expect that when a mayor is given, you know, maybe a letter of commendation from the county chairman, we don't expect him to turn that over. Like we, we, 
we know that that was a gift to him. And that's, you know, like, it's just, and again, yes, I understand as a president, but it's just an interesting concept that like nothing he was given, even on a gift level, it was really his. Right. And look, it's called an I love me room. Is is uh, uh, what you call it in sports or, or people who get out of the military and you set your office up with all your awards and accommodations or in the case of sports, your trophies and and retired jerseys, stuff like that on the wall. Uh, I refer to it as the I love me room, <clears throat> uh, kind of a monument to myself. And presidents do the same thing. Uh, if you look at interviews with with. Bush 43, you'll see him go go through his house in Texas and show, oh, I got this from this person. And uh, Bono, gave, this was actually true. I saw this on one of, one of the interviews with him is Bono gave something to, to President Bush because Bush was supporting Bono's uh, work in Africa with AIDS. And that Bono sent him something, a thank you for for, for bringing this up and, and, and helping us out. Uh I don't know what was seized. We don't know what was seized. We know it was several boxes. Uh, the reason I know about the, the the handwritten note on the napkin and the uh, uh, and the letter from uh, Kim Jong Un is those two things were mentioned specifically. But I, what was it fifteen boxes or something that were taken? Yeah, that seems a little bit excessive. Like my thing is, is how come if, if I mean if it's fifteen boxes, why didn't they know he left with it? Right. And they're also acting like Trump uh, is sitting there after, after on January 7th. His quote unquote coup was unsuccessful. The electors are, are sitting and he's sadly sitting with a with a box that printer paper was in packing up his desk. And going, OK, this goes here, that goes there. There's a there's a whole team that goes in and does that stuff. He may give direction or his chief of staff may give direction. But he had to put his own age, plant in the box. Yeah, put his, yeah, his plant in the box and walking slowly to the limo outside <laughs> of the White House. <laughs> the little fern leaves are hanging over the side. He's on Marine Sad. One when he hears the, the call sign go over. Uh, Marine One now changing call sign to tail number XYZ. <laughs> Exactly. I mean, mean, Melania uh, just holding his hand while uh, hugging uh, Baron with the other arm as they get thrown out of their government paid housing. (laughs) Where will we go now? Um, What will we ever do? Right. No, I mean, it's not like it's not funny given everything that's happened. But at the same time, it's like some of it is just a little bit. A little bit over the top. And even I feel like even some of the Democrats who really don't care for him have I mean, they've even conceded that a lot of this is. Oh, yeah, I, I think even, know, like, even Chuck U. Schumer uh, said something like, we better hear something about this because this isn't done. This just is simply correct. not done. Even even at uh, at higher levels of finance, if, if you're uh, if you're accused of cheating on your taxes, they don't come and bust your door down uh, and start. They go to your lawyers. You guys talk. You uh, you set up a time. You have auditors come in and th- that's that's the way things are done. This is not somebody who's running a, a sex trafficking ring that they want to bust the door down to make sure they get the victims out before they can be harmed. 
Yeah. They're, they're, going, they're, they're going through Melania's suite. Uh, and people need to remember, and I know everybody who listened to the show understands, but I feel the need to say it. This is not they went to her half of their walk-in closet. You know, within Mar-a-Lago and houses like this, Trump would have his would have his office. He, they, I'm sure they have a bedroom, but she has her own suite for her clothes and and the people that that t- take care of her stuff and and so she has you know her her own setups. They they're going through her clothes, and I don't know. Again, we don't know the limits of the warrant. No, we don't. But and I'm sure that it was. I'm sure that it was broad because I mean, papers I hope so or for some, their for right. their sake. Well, and the uh, papers have. I mean, they could be in so many places. Some of it just seems. You know, I. I guess they had to. They had to have known that this would make Trump a victim. I which don't is think why they do. Really? I think they're in a, such. I think they're in such an echo chamber that. They keep listening to each other and go, yeah, yeah, screw that guy, screw that guy. And they go, okay, nobody's going to care. Let's well, let's embarrass the hell out of him. And what it did is it it immediately, as it's happening, you've got Trump supporters outside Mar-a-Lago with Trump flags and American flags honking horns. Uh, I won't say her, making making their presence known to the police that that set up the perimeter outside, which is kind of weird too. I mean, like that sort of fandom, yes. Yeah. I'm not a, like I'm not a fan of that fandom, but I, I guess my whole thing is, again, just like I've talked about with the January 6 hearings, like, why now? Why is it taking so long? Why are you moving so slowly? Why is all of this like if this was as big of a deal as some of the people are making it seem like the that the, the, it's possibly national security stuff that has been compromised with him taking these papers why did you just let them sit? Because they're by this wasn't the first we've heard about. We knew that there were two investigations into Trump or inquiries or whatever you want to call them. One being with January 6th and one being with these documents. And there are lots of sources that have said on the record, not even just like anonymous sources that spoke on the condition of, you know, not revealing their names, that they went to Mar-a-Lago in April and talked to Trump's attorneys at that time. And that the attorneys complied and had conversations and answered some questions and that they showed them where the documents were at the time and that they asked for them to put additional security measures in place. And so they added locks to the doors like there's so this is but like that was in April. And here we are four and a half months later. I don't know. It just. Well, the latest as we record is they think there was a tip that came in that must have put the 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 need the for the warrant over the top the, the probable cause over over the top because I, I, apparently there there was there was a tip that came in but you're right they were there and again even with the tip it's not like Trump's hard to find it's not like his lawyers are hard to find. No, but they uh, also saw the documents. Like if you saw it, if you saw them and they're labeled and the attorney is telling you that's what they are, is that not your probable cause to get them then? You would think so. And it, it could have been handled because uh, this look, I don't think you're going to see Trump in an orange jumpsuit. No, 
No, plus it, orange would just wash out with the skin tone. Um, I don't, I don't think you're going to see Trump. I don't think that's the goal either, because you're not going to lock up a 80 year old man for for documents. You're just not. Ah, man, but Eric Trump, uh, quote, the purpose of the raid uh, from what they said was to, because the National Archives wanted to know, do uh, you, you know, corroborate whether or not Donald Trump had any documents in possession. Well, I mean, that's what we just said. And again, you said back in April, they knew that he had them. They could have said, um, Mr. President, you, you can't have these here. Uh, we're we're going to send a team to to secure them, and we'll put them in national archives, and uh, we'll make make co- whatever copies. We'll go through this with with your team, and we'll we'll figure out what's what. And that that would have been the end of it. Well, you know, all the conversation about there's been a lot of outrage over the Biden administration saying well, we didn't know about this. We found out about it from the news, and then Eric Trump gets on. I I, I forget which one. He made several appearances, but he gets on TV and says. I know the White House as well as anyone. I spent a lot of time there. I know the system. This did not happen without Joe Biden's explicit approval. So is he suggesting that his dad knew all along in situations like similar to this during his tenure that he wasn't supposed to know about? Because that's how it looks. If you make that big of a move, I I won't necessarily say it's going to get to the resolute desk. It, it's got to move pretty high up in the administration before you make a move like raiding a former president's home. Uh, now, do I think the president uh, gives authorization to every single investigation that that uh, the not. Yeah. Department of Justice is going into? No. But if they were going to if they were going to bust down Hillary's door, I guarantee you it would have gotten it would have gotten up to at least his chief of staff. Speaking of. Hillary, um, what Trump said about Hillary, and this is like more in line with, well, it's not working in Trump's favor that a lot of the January 6th investigation stuff or commentary is coming out at the same time. One, I think it's confusing for people. And two, I mean, it's just a lot of bad publicity on one side and a lot of outrage from his supporters on the other. It's just, it's just a mess. But, you know, he always said, if you're innocent, why are you taking the fifth? And then there was reports that what he said like 400 times or 444 times or something recently. And so now all the commentaries and pundits, commentators, excuse me, are saying, are you pleading? Why did you, why are you taking the fifth? Why are you pleading the fifth? If you're not guilty, why are you having anything to hide? Why aren't you giving us answers? You know, it's like more of the same old BS with the two party system of, Whoever's in power and whoever's benefiting from whatever is happening, suddenly, you know, it was Hillary's right, but now it's Trump's evasion. And and Republicans are like, Hillary's evading questions and Trump has a right. It's just a bunch of clowns, a bunch of freaking clowns. And when you talk about a, a former president with that kind of stuff, you also get into executive privilege. Which, as we learned with uh, with Nixon, is not absolute But there, there is executive privilege. There's, there's a lot of stuff that goes in there that, especially at a state level investigation, I'm not, if I were in his shoes, I wouldn't be answering questions either. You can order me to come in. You can't order me to talk. When like, there's a lot of people who are like, well, this is how it should have happened because he's not president now. He's the former president. And that is true. But, you know, we, we pay for secret service of, um, 
former presidents. We we afford them all kinds of different privileges. And so to suggest that he is just like you and me again is is asinine. Um, and because of that, I do think that it was handled inappropriately. I think now after we're on the fifth day since it happened, I think what is concerning is while I understand an investigation might be ongoing and that, quote, a normal person might um, not be afforded the information about what was in the search warrant at this point in time and all these other things, I think the stabili- from a stability standpoint, it's just not good that this is still yeah, look, without look, any the, information. The, the only... The only reason that they can possibly give that's valid, and this this would be laughable, is they were afraid that the, uh, Trump was going to destroy the documents and destroy the evidence. After 20 months. Right. And that you, now we get this picture of, of Trump, Eric, and Melania all sitting around a shredder and just dumping, dumping documents into a shredder as, as the police pull up outside. I, It's... But that's that would be the only reason to to do a swoop in like that is we're afraid you can get rid of the evidence. And that's that's the excuse they get for no knock warrants with drug busts and things like that is if we tell them we're coming, they're going to get rid of the drugs. Yeah. But again, you were there. You were there and you didn't do anything. Um, And you were there and they admitted it and you didn't do anything. And so that that tells me a lot because we didn't know they were there at the time. So it wouldn't have been this huge story. There were only a couple of them and there weren't helicopters and cars everywhere and media. Um, well, but then it, the, the, the Trump supporters are behaving yeah, terribly. You, you have radio host, uh, former CIA uh, agent and best hair on TV. Buck Sexton told Jesse Waters, who also has a great head of hair, uh, that the search quote, almost feels like a preemptive coup uh, to stop Trump from running again. That added this is undermining our faith, not only in the peaceful transition of power, but in the executive arm of government under an opposition party not to act like the Stasi and not to act like the secret police that we've seen in totalitarianistic regimes. I can't talk. Yeah, see, the thing is, is I think we all know that there is nothing that would stop Donald Trump from running again well i'd age no maybe uh it's also very hard to tell somebody like hey you're you're past your prime once you uh, pass the uh pass the baton but he wants it is what i'm saying like we know he wants it so like i I don't think there was anything that was going to stop him but on the anti-trump side uh even cnn has referred to it as unprecedented Uh, quote, presidents have a solemn duty to protect America's national security and allegations that former President Trump uh, put our security at risk by mishandling classified information warrant the utmost scrutiny. Democratic Representative Carolyn uh, Maloney of New York. But like this doxing of the judge, I think it's hilarious. Like what makes me irate is this happens to I mean, again, I recognize the difference between a regular citizen and the president or a former president. I I recognize it. Um, 
but nobody cares about whether or not there's probable cause or if it's legit or if it's a good reason. They don't care about it when it's their neighbor or, you know, someone they used to work with or someone they hate in their own community. They just want the gossip and the drama. They want to know. They'll drive by with their cell phones and want to know what's going on. And they don't care who the judge is that signed the warrant. Yeah. And now they're now they've doxed the judge. Exactly what the right said was uh, completely inappropriate when it came to Roe v. Wade. Totally. We don't know what what warrant the judge signed. We don't know what evidence he was presented presented for for probable cause. We don't know. Even if this guy is a is a is a crappy judge and made made the wrong call, there's a there's a legal process for that. To dox this guy, start saying stuff like, uh, this is the piece of judge who approved FBI's raid on Mar-a-Lago. I see a rope around his neck. That's really helping your cause. Uh, I mean, what, what is, what, what, what's wrong with you? What is, what is wrong with you? Uh, look, if I'm not saying it never, it never will come down to shooting, but you need to you need to let need to let the process play out and see what happened. And look, it it may be February before we actually get any answers on this because it'll it'll be after a new Congress is, is seated. Because I guarantee you, in in the lame duck session, the Democrats are not going to hold hearings on this. They're not going to pull the FBI director up on Capitol Hill and start grilling him about this. You don't think? No, no, no. No, unless it's something that helps their side, uh, it'll it'll wait until we have uh, a new leadership in the House and uh, in the Senate, and then at that point you you may you may see this start start coming up because as as soon as the new Congress is seated on I don't know whatever day it is January twentieth, um, you'll uh, the twenty twenty four election starts. Hell, it may start the first Wednesday of November. Because we, we, are, we are perpetually in a cycle. So, yeah, another quote is, you know, IDGAF, I don't give an F. Anymore, name, address, put all that shit up on here. Sorry, Eric, these are direct quotes. And one of the addresses of close relatives, What what is wrong with people? You, you can't point at the other at the other side when the Supreme Court comes down with a decision they don't like and they start shouting, shouting down justices that are out to dinner and things like that. We all say that's inappropriate. You, what the hell's wrong with you Thre- threatening a federal damn judge? 2022. We just so lash can, out when we're furious. Can Trump be disqualified for running for president? Well, I guess it depends on who you ask. And the, it's all going to come down to interpretation. It is. Because he'll run, I mean, they're going to, no matter what he does, they will contest it and fight it. It'll be like Marjorie Taylor Greene, where there's, you know, constant lawsuits challenging her candidacy. I've heard the theory that, yes, if he, if he got popped with the, with the records, that that, that could keep him from, from running for, for reelection. Hey, I've got several reasons I don't want him to run for re-election. One is his age. The other is he's the minute he's elected, he's a lame duck. Mm-hmm. 
There's, uh, there's, there's, there is, there is no next four years. He's a lame duck the minute he's elected. And traditionally, presidents in their second term don't get a whole hell of a lot done. So, for you know, would it be better for the the Republican Party to move on with somebody who has a, a potential two terms and let Trump throw his weight behind him? Yeah. When you know, I mean, we've talked kind of like around this issue, but if because it, it would be a felony, but it wasn't a felony until he was president. With their what they're alleging, he's done. Right, and that's and that's what would be the disqualifier. Which if was take mishandling classified information, information right? Allegedly, right now. Yeah, if if that's if that's what happened, and, and again, we don't know. And I'm certainly not saying he's guilty. I, I, you know, we, we both agree the raid was uncalled for. I think it's you know mishandling. Obviously, there's more to it. There's a code section that has specific language and stuff. But like mishandling classified information, certainly. Seems like a high threshold to prove. How do it you? Does. What is the definition of? It it it, it is it is a very high threshold to to to, uh, to show. Because one, you have to show that he knew that's what he was doing. You, look, there's odds you can't even find his fingerprints on that stuff because again, he didn't handle his own move. That there wasn't a U-Haul parked out front. Yeah. So anyway, Jessica, you got your closing thought. Yeah, so we've talked a couple times on the show about the farming relief program. We think we talked about it when they implemented it and then when the court said they couldn't deal with it or they couldn't allow it to continue to be implemented, which was um, this massive debt relief program intended to help black farmers. Um, And it like the government literally teed it up to just be this racial war and white farmers sued calling well asking for an injunction because it was discriminatory. And so, and the court agreed with them for obvious reasons, but um, Democrats are planning on like officially rolling it back and then they're going to institute something new because of course, why wouldn't they? Um, and they're, they're looking at putting $5 billion towards instead of going after or targeting um, farms that are owned or run by black farmers, the standard will be helping farmers whose operations are deemed to be, quote, at financial risk, which is literally every farm in America, but they also have to have faced discrimination. I I am interested to see what the language ends up being because um, technically, after what congress did they they opened the white farmers up to having faced discrimination even though the program was halted i mean some of the money was dispersed so um i don't know it'll be interesting but i just they're so gross like just if you're i don't agree with what they're doing but the way we've broken agriculture and the agriculture industry our farmers have no choice but to take handouts and bailouts so if you're going to make the money available just make it available why do you have to have all this garbage nonsense language about discrimination and and who's been hurt worse i mean put effing up the farming and maybe it won't suck so bad i don't know anyway that's it yeah uh, we're antitrust anti-monopoly until it comes to the government getting involved in farms Mm -hmm. uh 
Olivia Newton-John last week, I think as our show dropped, uh, lost her a two-decade-long fight with cancer. And uh, it's the funny, the first thing I thought of, because, uh, yeah, you know, Olivia Newton-John was, did several things in the 80s, but, but of course is famous for playing Sandra D on, on Greece. Mm-hmm. And there was a report. We had to do uh, uh, famous people for a history class, something I was in high school. And one of the girls did Olivia Newton-John. So at the very end... She kicks off her uh, her jacket, or whatever she's wearing. She's got like a black leotard underneath, something similar to what to what uh, at the end at the end. Grace was singing, "You're the one that I want." She goes and she straddles the coach, and go, and just uh, whispers. It just goes up and goes, "Tell me about it, stud." I have never seen a man oh. look a grown man look more uncomfortable than having a 17, 18 year old high school junior on his lap in front of class. He looked visibly uncomfortable like i'm sure he was mortified he was i actually ran into him at a at a uh uh fourth of july party years later and was making fun of him for it and he pretty pretty much he was pretty much like yeah that that he he was shocked didn't didn't expect it uh certainly nothing he can talk about but yeah he he turned white as a sheet yeah brutal Mm So that that's my only Olivia Newton. Uh, that's the closest I've been to Olivia Newton John. Is is a kid in my class impersonating her. So for Eric Cumby, our editor, who takes what audio we send him and turns it into something that's listenable, Jessica Salaji, my partner's in the endeavor. I'm Dave Roberts. Have a great week.